WTF Sharp is the F Sharp Mentorship Program. This is Tashu Korik with WTF Sharp, and we're going to answer that question today with our guest, Heen Versace. We'll start off by introducing our guest, take a look at the F Sharp Foundation and its intentions, and then get to our main focus, the F Sharp Mentorship Program. Heen currently acts as the program's coordinator, and in this short episode, we'll be discussing that how the program works, where it's headed, and how you can help. Thanks for joining. Heen, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Happy to be here. Sure. Uh, so can you give me just a little bit of background? I know you're in Brussels right now, correct? No, I'm in a, a small town in the um, West uh, Flemish region of Belgium. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Brussels, if I think of Belgium, I pretty much just assume it's Brussels. So that's probably not smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, the only thing that most people know. So Yeah. If I, say Philadelphia, if I say Pennsylvania, you probably just know Philadelphia, right? <laughs> no, maybe not even that. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. I've been pretty interested in, you know, F-Sharp education specifically as a speaker and the podcast host and whatnot. So this is a subject I'm very passionate about. And of course, as the, the lead of the F-Sharp Mentorship Program, you, you must be pretty excited about it. So I want to ask you, you know, who are you? What's your background here? What's your intro to F-Sharp? And then we'll get into a little bit of the F-Sharp Foundation and also a little bit of the F-Sharp Mentorship Program. So I guess first, a little bit of background on yourself, especially in terms of programming and maybe some extracurricular hobbies as well. All right. So I have been working as a software developer for about eight years, mostly mm-hmm. in uh, .NET. I started out with C Sharp because that's what we were taught uh, mm-hmm. at university. And about two and a half years ago, I uh, discovered F Sharp because a couple of friends were really excited about it. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, start learning a functional language. And, you know, in the past, I had always done learning the wrong way basically you know a whole new stack a whole new thing and it's just so difficult that you give up after a bit so i thought like f sharp is the perfect choice because i already know the ecosystem and i can just focus on the language okay and you're how many years into net were you at that point uh six okay yeah because i'm always curious people that come in to f sharp at different angles you know whether you're coming in from like ocaml into net versus from Donna into, you know, an ML type language. It's, it's, it's interesting. So six years. Okay. So mm-hmm. you've had enough OOP embedded in your brain by that point. I did. It was, um, how do they call it? Uh, I don't know which kind of language I can use. I was going to call it a brain. F- <laughs> <laughs> Is there a polite English way to say that? <laughs> Not that I can directly think of. That's okay. So yeah, cool. That's, that's very interesting about your background, you know, transitioning from C Sharp and .NET to F Sharp and kind of just bringing that extra language in. How was your on-ramp? I know, you know, you're very passionate about F Sharp education. How were you educated into F Sharp? Is that just talking to your friends or online resources or something else? Well, I just sort of like tried to do it by myself for a bit. And mm-hmm. then I saw this tweet pass by from someone called Matthias Brandewinder. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about an F-Sharp mentorship and that he was looking for someone. And, you know, we were just casually discussing a bit on Twitter. And I said that, you know, what you could do in a mentorship is ask people to pay it forward. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the mentee becomes the mentor. And he liked that comment so much that he asked if I wanted to, you know, test out how a mentorship program could work. And I said oh, yes. Cool. So were you guys the first real pair of the F-Sharp mentorship program? 
Uh, no. Okay. We were a bit, we were actually, I think they were starting to discuss having a mentorship program. And who is they? The F-Sharp Foundation? The, uh, the board, yeah. Okay. And uh, he sort of wanted to try it out on his own to see you know, what would work and what not mm-hmm. uh, to get a better idea of it. So uh, we said, you know, this is a test and we see what happens or how we can do it. That's cool. So how did you all coordinate that first round? I know there's probably a lot of emails and that kind of stuff to just to get pairings together and make sure people are actually staying active with it all. That is the the difficulty of uh, the foundation is that, uh, you know, every year the board gets elected and there are other people mm-hmm. uh, on the board. So I was not there for the first two rounds. So I have like very little information on how everything got started. That's fair. That's, um, yeah, I think like I know that uh, Scott and uh, Andrea did the first round. Mm-hmm. And that it was uh, a test with like 10 mentors. And that it was very small at that point. Okay. They tried it out. That makes if sense. I, if I have the information correctly. Very cool. All right. Well, before we get too much into the F-Sharp Mentorship Program itself, I want to just talk a little bit about the foundation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I see the foundation around and I, I'm, I'm sure they do great work, but you know, I'm not entirely sure you know all the different pieces that are happening inside of there. You know, uh, there, there's notes, of course, that are displayed, but... I'm sure there's a lot of people that are ignorant to how the F-Sharp Foundation works and, and what it's trying to achieve. Uh, could you just give a little bit, you know, a, a sales pitch for the F-Sharp Foundation, if you will? A sales pitch. For, um, so basically, it's a nonprofit organization run by and for the F-Sharp community. And uh, we try to help out with promoting F-Sharp as a language. Yeah, that's pretty much my... <laughs> that works <for laughs> that me. was not good. No, no, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's realistic, right? Um, and on the website... Uh, on fsharp.org which is the official fsharp foundation website you you know you list out you give a nice presentation for for people that are coming and i see you know everything from testimonials to different sponsorship members to learning resources and use cases and guides and uh, ways to contribute and you know the foundation core itself and how it operates and it's, it's a pretty nice looking website i'm sure for people that are on the outside looking in this is probably a pretty nice entry point for that I know I've benefited a lot from going through, you know, looking, number one, uh, I'm a speaker, you know, I give a lot of, a mm-hmm. lot of talks and, and on this website, they have, you know, F-Sharp speaker program and which, which basically allows different meetup groups and whatnot to find speakers to, to coordinate all that. So there's a lot of different small projects that are built within this F-Sharp foundation that are pretty interesting. So uh, listener, if, if you haven't checked out the fsharp.org website, please do. There's a lot of content here, a lot of proofs of, you know, where you can use F-Sharp at your workplace, those kind of things. So yeah, F-Sharp foundation has been around for a few years now, right? Yeah, I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I, I think, think I remember it coming out then. I'm, I forget when I got into F-Sharp, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have a number of different work groups that go in. I know on the Slack channel, there's a lot of different communications that are happening. Like Don goes through his you know, F-Sharp language design. Matthias goes through his, his notes every week, I think, for just F-Sharp Foundation, what questions people have for that, et cetera. There's a few different Slack channels there. So I really like that it's open in that. That's nice. Yeah, I think, so basically what you have are like nine board members. Okay. And then you have uh, Reed Copsey, who is uh, sort of like the chairperson of okay. uh, the board. Um, you have uh, Paul Michel, 
He's a, he's a, the treasurer, so he does the accounting a bit. And then you have uh, Don Sym, who is a technical advisor. So those three people are always on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they get elected by the board members. And then every year you have uh, nine board members who, you know, depending on who gets nominated or and who gets uh, voted for, actually form the entire board. Okay. And that's every year. You know, like what time of year does that happen? The nominations start always around the end of April. Okay. And then, you know, from there on out, we have like a time schedule, which we make publicly available when we start, you know, the nominations. Cool. Can you tell me, so there's a number of different working groups within the F-Sharp Foundation itself. That I see there's the, you know, there's different programs and those different programs fall under those working groups. Can you tell me a little bit about those, specifically the training and education working group that you organize? Yeah, so first you have communications and uh, core engineering. Okay. Uh, so uh, communication is pretty much, you know, making sure that the word gets out about the meetups, about things that we organize, stuff like that. The core engineering has to do with the open source compiler and Don Syme is in charge there. And then you have the education and training work group, which is actually to empower education and training. So we don't educate or train ourselves, but we like uh, like the mentorship program is is an example of that. We set up the structure for people to learn. That makes sense. Uh, it, yeah, that makes sense. Especially um, coordinating all those efforts. I'm sure it takes quite a bit of effort there. Yeah. The, the, the mentorship program itself, I'm sure, is a lot of work. All right. So let, let's get into the F-Sharp mentorship program itself. You know, how... I know it's, it's been going on for a number of years. I've seen the, the, the number of pairings increase over the years, which is pretty exciting here. Can you just, you know, give me a spiel on how the whole thing works and what your experience has been with the whole thing? So basically, you have a, a chairperson, so that's me uh, mm-hmm. right now. And then you have a couple of volunteers who join the work group. And periodically, we sort of open registrations for about a month in which people can sign up either as a mentor or as a mentee. And there are some questions that they need to answer. And, you know, the communication work group makes sure that, you know, it gets tweeted about and it gets put on Facebook and stuff like that. And after about a month, we close it down. We sort of look how many mentors we have. And that is the amount of pairs that we could form uh, for a round. Mm-hmm. And then how do you how do you match those pairs? Is it kind of random or is it oh, I see this person's looking for this and this person's looking for this type thing? Yeah, it's really because we want to make the mentors feel really comfortable so the mentors can select subjects that they feel uh, comfortable mentoring on. Uh, we have five categories. Uh, we have uh, right. so an introduction into F-sharp. We also have a deep dive into F-sharp. We have web applications or right. other things that people want to learn sort of like more freely. And then we have uh, contributing to uh, open source and contributing to the compiler. That's pretty cool. And yeah. for the for the mentors, when they sign themselves up, do they sign themselves up for a number of categories? And they say, you know, I want to help someone break an OSS. And they just pick one thing. Uh, they can multi-select. Okay. So a mentee um, has to select one topic. Of course, mm-hmm. he can he or she can fill in the form um, many as many times as they want. <laughs> But they select one topic and the mentors get to pick whichever ones they feel comfortable with. So you form these pairs and then they go off and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of coordination from there. Before we get into how the coordination happens and, and what kind of success stories you've had, how many people are in this? What, what, what number of 
people are we talking about here? People that sign up are somewhere uh, for the past two rounds were somewhere between 60 and 90 registrations. Okay. And that's uh, mentees and mentors? Mentees and mentors together. Uh, I think last round we had 23 mentors, so we ended up with 23 pairs. Mm, And this round we had 12, so we ended up with 12 pairs. That must be difficult to decide, basically see whose fate actually, you know, gets to get a a mentor. It is. um, There's a lot of variables that you need to take into account. First of all, the subject, the time zones in which the participants are, Mm. uh, their availability in the week. Uh, They sort of fill in a roster, like which days and which hours they can actually pair up with someone. Then we try to find like two or three people from the mentee list that actually match uh, requirements. And then we pick someone randomly uh, from it. Oh, okay. So there's some randomization involved. So you don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, there is, but it, it's very difficult. Sometimes you're you're happy you just find one person that yeah. matches. It's it's not easy. It's a manual process, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's they're not huge numbers, so that kind of makes sense. You don't need to set up software yet. <laughs> no, not yet. It's um. There's also for the mentees. There's a motivation field that they need to fill in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do read the motivation that they wrote as to why they want to participate in this round. That's something new that got uh, introduced when I started. Yeah, so if someone's uh, really lazy with it, they might not get in because they don't seem as excited about it and they might not keep on with it. Yeah, that was pretty much, you know, the take. We had a problem with, you know, like people disappearing Mm -hmm. from the program and, uh, you know, we brainstormed a bit with uh, the volunteers. And one of the things that came out was like, ask for a motivation as to why they want to do it. And you don't get disqualified if you don't write a lot, because like I said, sometimes you only have one match. And it's also important this round, we did, I didn't find anyone that matched the hours uh, for someone who wanted to teach contributing to the compiler. Okay. Your hours need to match. Yeah. So Just and don't there sleep. wasn't. Yeah. yeah, don't sleep. Come on, if you want to do this, don't sleep. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, so I move on to the closest subject that you have in the list, then, okay. which was uh, contributing to open source. And from the motivation, there was like uh, one person who matched the hours of the mentor. And uh, I could see that he was really interested in that kind of stuff as well. So I Mm. pinged him on Slack and said, like, I know it's not really what you asked for, but would you be interested to do it anyways? Sure. And he was very enthusiastic. Yeah, Yeah, just trying to coordinate these different people. That's interesting. There's a lot of emotions involved there. Cool. Uh, How long has this been going on? Uh, how many cycles and how long are these cycles typically? I know one year I saw it was like six weeks or something. Yeah, it's somewhere between six and eight weeks that mm. we sort of propose as a guide. It's not written in stone, but we, we offer like I think six and uh, six to eight weeks is a, a time period in which you can do something which has results. Okay, that um, makes sense. Yeah, it gives you a concrete you know, end goal in sight. Exactly. And we have, uh, we had four rounds uh, so far. So the fourth is, is busy at this moment. Okay, so it's just basically wrapping up now? No, I'm just uh, waiting for six weeks to pass. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, uh, you know, when these pairs get formed and you decide that this, men- this mentee has won the odds and they've, they've won this mentor, how do th- how's the onboarding process look like is it very structured or you basically send an email to the two say hey guys 
these time zone work, go ahead, figure it out? Or is your job kind of done at that point or are you quite involved? So what we do is uh, we guide them to a first successful meeting. So it, it's like it's not very structured, but we do offer like during the entire entire round, the mentors get offer support uh, mm-hmm. on Slack. Like they know that they can ping me and they can ping the other mentors for guidance. And what we did this round was also like offer a second email to the mentors with some feedback that we got from the previous rounds and uh, lessons learned to, you know, make it uh, a bit more fluent to start up. Do you have any really cool success stories? I'm sure a lot of interesting stuff has been built. I've seen some blog posts that, you know, leave some mentees pretty excited with what they've built. Uh, Can you give just a few stories of, of cool things people have built and just what they've learned during this? Like I, I think the the like if you asked for a success story, I immediately thought of uh, A. V. Evni. Okay. Uh, he has been a mentor in all four rounds. Hmm. Uh, he is a contributor to the compiler and other open source systems. Uh, he does a fantastic job at that, and uh, every round he has done, uh, his mentees have been so enthusiastic about what they learned. It's really fantastic to see that happen each time. And it's very important that, you know, people learn to contribute to the compiler. So I'm always happy. Sure. Yeah, make it a little bit less scary, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think when people think F-sharp compiler or any kind of compiler, they're thinking, oh, no, if I break that, I break everything, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's cool. So how does he he coordinate that? Does he... Is he like screen share with them and try to develop with them or they just kind of send off one-off tasks or? Yeah, they do. Uh, They meet uh, once a week. So it's really like a a pair programming session of an Mm. hour once a week. Okay. I think like the mentee gets uh, a couple of assignments to do from week to week. And he like two days before he checks up with the mentee if everything is okay. And if he understood, you know, the the homework Mm -hmm. uh, between quotation marks, perhaps. (laughs) Uh, If uh, they got what, uh, if if they were able to do it and such. And then, you know, the week after that, they do another hour of pair programming. Is that pretty often for the quote unquote homework to be assigned? I had a lot of homework from Matthias. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I could imagine him assigning a lot of homework. <laughs> yeah, he is that type of person. No, I think it's um, it's not an obligation, and I don't know if every mentor does it. But I think if you want to make the hour each week as valuable as possible, mm. having some homework isn't really out there of or unheard of no um, that, that makes sense to me it makes the the learner digest what they're trying to learn yeah it's uh they get a chance like they have a week time and they could can, can go through some stuff uh and then when you have the hour you can actually talk about you know problems that you had things that you really don't understand on your own you can do some project work program together um i think it makes it easier to have a successful uh round nice. if they give homework nice yeah, I, re- I really like that um, the compiler being one of the, the, the really big success stories. Have you had any other notable success stories you'd like to tell me about? Or tell the audience about more, more importantly? <laughs> it's uh, one of the, the pain points uh, for me personally has been, uh, you know, getting feedback and getting mm. that information to, you know, come back to me after a round. So I think my own story is a pretty successful story of a mentorship 
I know that there are some very enthusiastic people right now posting blog posts on the mm -hmm. mentorship channel on Slack. So it seems there's a lot of blogging going on uh, this round, which is very fun. We have a couple of mentors that were mentees in the last round. So that's always a huge success for us. Oh, cool. Yeah. And people feel like, you know, they learn enough that now they can start teaching. So they really do have the whole pay it forward thing going on. Yeah, we don't ask for it. I mean, if you don't pay it forward, it, it's fine. It's not something that we, you know, you have to do this. We don't obligate anyone to do it. Sure. But it's really nice to see that people who participated as a mentee come back as a mentor. I know if I were to be a mentee, if I were to, you know, try to learn something, I would probably go for a compiler. But I'm, I'm curious that it probably doesn't fit into most people's uh, intentions. I imagine most people want to either learn the language or they want to build some kind of project. Do you, do you see that most mentorships are learning focused and they're just like, I want to learn about web development or do they have a concrete project that they want to build? I think that most of them sign up to learn. And then that they pick a project to focus on to actually enable that learning. I see. So it's pretty much a combination of learning versus project-based uh, mentorships that they do. There's a, I, I think it's it's better if you do it like that as well. You know, you have a part of, of learning. Mm -hmm. But if you, after six weeks or eight weeks, you actually have something like, hey, we did this. That's amazing. Some mm. mentees even use the, the project of their work, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Get the mentors to do some work for you, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you often see it in the motivations as well. Like people asking, like, we want to start doing this at work. We just don't know how or something like that. And I think it's very uh, understandable that you work actually on the project. Mm -hmm. Have there been any, I, I know you mentioned uh, Matthias and you mentioned that someone, uh, that Evie was doing the compiler stuff have there been any other big players acting as mentors i know if i got like you know don sime or something as a mentor you'd be pretty excited uh same with matthias of course uh yeah i'm gonna have to disappoint you there uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you can't convince don sime to do a mentorship round you'll you'll have my gratitude forever okay but um and <laughs> yeah um and matthias does his uh mentorships uh, outside outside of the rounds pretty okay. much when he has time available gotcha uh so no there has not really <laughs> been any big players not yet not yet not yet so when, when i'm you know i'm imagining that i'm i'm trying to communicate with this mentor or this mentee and there's just a lot of tools that are involved in the, the mentorship um you know, the whole ecosystem of it, you know, I, I'm probably opening up Skype or Hangouts trying to find, you know, 20 different communication tools, trying to figure out how do we share code, all those kind of things. What have been the most successful software in terms of making these mentorships actually effective? Yeah, we do ask which tools they used. And I think like Skype or Google Hangouts is mm -hmm. uh, the most used. The one I used was TeamViewer which sort of has a video, audio, and uh, screen sharing all in one. And it worked. The problem is that none of these tools work super excellent. <laughs> so it's yeah. a, a bit of a mess most of the time to sort of found, find your, your right tooling. Do you, do you find a lot of people work on the code base together? So uh, for the compiler, are they you know, kind of working together for a pull request? Yeah, 
Uh, most like if people select like um, contributing to open source and more specifically the compiler, then it's always very project uh, focused. Like they work towards like having a couple of pull requests, uh, picking an issue from whichever is available and sort of yeah, fit the needs and then working from there until that issue is solved. So are, are there any is there any effort done towards making local pairs? So, you know, Geographically, F# community is all over the world, right? We have people in in Russia, we have people in the U.S., we have people um, in in Europe and Asia, etc. Uh, you know, is there any effort towards making local pairs? Let's say you see two people that happen to be in the same you know state in the U.S. or country over there, and you try to see, oh well, maybe we can organize them, or is it just basically by time zone? Because I can imagine it's... local pairs benefiting from actually meeting up. Yeah, that would be lovely if we <laughs> could do that. We just at this moment, we don't ask for that information. Okay. Uh, so we ask for the time zone, but not where they're located physically. Um, I don't know. It's it's like I'm I'm in doubt because it's like at one point it would be very handy to be able to do that. On the other hand, it's sort of like a real inv- invasion into privacy of people, and I don't know if it's okay to ask that. Mm, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm coming into this as a F sharp obsessive person um so so i would you know want to meet the people in person and all that but some people might not be comfortable with that so that's a decent take yeah, yeah if i had a mentor or mentee i'd, I'd definitely want to meet up, up for coffee and, and talk about f sharp that way but yeah that would me. be nice yeah um and of course as uh, the numbers increase as well it, it'd be more likely to find local pairs right now it's probably more difficult world's it's, a big uh, place the world is a big place <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 60 or 23 pairs in the world. Hmm. Not likely in the same town. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Um, anyway, so when, when you're coming into this as, you know, the coordinator for the, the training and education working group, I, I'd, I'd like to think, you know, philosophically about, you know, how proper mentorship is done or effective mentorship is done. I'm sure there's a lot of books on parenting and, and teaching, uh, you know, formal teaching that are applicable to the subject. But on mentorship itself, I'm curious if there's any kind of advice you give to new mentors or mentees of how to work with the other person. I think the biggest uh, thing is to avoid an email only mentorship. Sometimes it's about like, you know, they sort of like send emails to one another constantly. And as far as I can tell from the feedback, those are always not that successful. Yeah, the, the lack of connection, I can imagine, would do that. Imagine like if you had a parent... And the only communication you had with them was email. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it would be it's time would for be breakfast. Come downstairs and email. <laughs> yeah, um, so it, we put a lot of effort into getting the availability right, into making it as big as possible. Like you know, have a several days that you could actually put uh, a meeting up. Okay. So really, I think number one is to actually do that every week. Have an hour scheduled with your mentee. Put some structure into that hour, like say pick a, a day and an hour and always stick to it for six weeks and not by week by week basis. Cause I think, right. Yeah, put it in your calendar for the next yeah. six weeks and just stick to it. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, otherwise, you know, life way. happens and you'll let life get in the way, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's If you know uh, when a meeting is taking place up front, it's very easy, real, easy to schedule around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if every week you have to say like, all right, I have a ton of planning already. So which hour is still available and which hour is still available for the other person? It's a bit more difficult. Yeah, that's tough. Do other communities have something similar to this? Or is this kind of something that 
you guys created from scratch for F Sharp? Not that I'm aware of. Huh. I'm, I'm curious if, uh, if, you know, we keep going with this F Sharp mentorship program, maybe some other communities might look at it and say, oh, well, that's being effective. Maybe we should pick that up. That'd be, well, that'd be interesting. I hope so. I mean, uh, this is, I. it's also like, I think F Sharp is, is a bit, I don't know if it's unique in its take, but we have this foundation uh, that can do that. Yeah, so it's easy for us to say, like, we have these people who want to dedicate uh, their time to this. You know, they accept the nominations and uh, they know that, like, you know, you organize the mentorship programs when sure. you become the chairperson of education. It's it's part of the job. If you don't have that kind of structure, it might be a bit more difficult mm-hmm. to do so. What do you think it is about the F-Sharp community that makes us want to just not shut up about F-Sharp? because <laughs> that's what it is right like like if, if i'm being frank like f sharp is my hobby like it sounds mm-hmm. silly because it's it's a programming language right but realistically it's my hobby it's it's my bookshelf's full of it i go on the f sharp website my chat groups that i go on are f sharp you know do you have any I, I can't quite point out a specific reason why it has become a hobby but it doesn't seem like it's just me <laughs> And no, I, I, I don't true. see that same level of passion in, in, in many languages. No. It's, first of all, I think it's because of, you know, the sort of people uh, you attract. It's very difficult to find a job in it. So you get these developers who are just eager to learn other languages. And it's very easy to go into, you know, a passionate state if you really, really like it. And I think secondly, uh, which was the big factor for me, is all the nice people in it, in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sort of like checked out C Sharp, uh, you know, web forums and, and things like that. But it was only with F Sharp that, you know, you feel so welcome uh, in the community. And they're, they're also very nice and lovely. And it's really like a, a really tight group of people. Like you, you get friends out of it. And that's yeah. amazing. I never yeah. had that with C Sharp, getting friends out of <laughs> no. going on Slack or something. No. I can say I've seen, I've had a little bit of similar experience with Elm. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Elm community is, is really lovely. And it's, it's funny because it's a very similar language to F Sharp, uh, at least the, the syntactically <clears throat> and some, some of the philosophy as well. Um, but yeah, F Sharp, I, I just, I don't know what it is, but for some reason we won't shut up about it. Anyway, um, <laughs> So, you know, what are the long-term plans of the mentorship program? I know you guys probably want to keep on going with it for a few more years. Are there anything that you've learned substantially from it or had biggest pain points that you want to resolve, uh, et cetera? You know, what are the long-term plans here? I know when I decided to sort of take on the job, first I wanted to go from one round a year to two rounds a year. Mm, okay. So we're talking about election year, right? So that's particularly June until April somewhere. Like that's the cycle of an election year. Okay. So I wanted to, you know, uh, have two. Uh, Because you have that period of nomination, three might be a bit more difficult. Because somewhere half through, you you know, it's possible that you have to hand over it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I think two is the maximum that we can do. I'm very happy that um, this happened this year. So I, I can, you know, mark one of my uh, personal goals uh, off the list. Nice. The second one I had was get to a 90% uh, successful pairing. Okay, that's pretty high. That is pretty high. Uh, I'm, 
I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a perfectionist. I'd be 100% of the napkin. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a realistical perfectionist. Mm, I see. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's... um. I uh, I did a quick sort of feedback round before I set up uh, the things in September. And um, it seemed like one of the biggest pain points for the mentors were people just not showing up anymore. Yeah, and it, like for for you as well, like it, it could be like time related that you didn't sign up again or that you, you know, got into other stuff. But I think like if your first uh, impression as a mentor is like mentees really don't value it that you offer your ta- uh, time to them. It's a very depressing kind of view to to leave I get that because we're like all hopped up on F sharp, right? We're we're obsessed and we're coming in with all this energy of like, yeah, it's the best. And they're like, okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, those I mean, energies don't quite match, right? Yeah, it is. And and I, I did have one mentee reporting that his, his mentor sort of disappeared. And I know that like life can happen, but, you know, be polite and, and send an email about what is going on is, is the very least you could do. The second thing was like people sign up and then when they get selected, they they never answer the first emails to begin with. And it's, it's so sad. It, it's really, <laughs> it, that is one of it's it really makes me feel sad because I have to say no to about 50 to 60 people every round. Uh-huh. And those people are really disappointed. And some of them are so enthusiastic about it. They ping me on Slack and asking how things are going and when yeah. is it going to start and when will I know. And you have to say no to a person like that. Then the person who does get selected never shows up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So we we tweaked it. Uh, like we wait um, with the emails now and we guide them to that first successful meeting. And when we sort of have feedback of all the mentors that this actually happens, you know, then we send out the other emails. And if this doesn't happen within a week, we actually rematch the mentor. So that's a big improvement that we made uh, this round. Yeah, adding the extra step to the cycle, that's good. Yeah, and that's how I hope we can get to a 90% uh, successful pairing. Are there any mentors that want to do that want to have more than one mentee to kind of compensate for the the disproportionate ratio? I no, I nobody requested that. You do have mentors who also want to be a mentee. Okay. So like they want to do both sides of it. Like they want to teach an introduction into F Sharp and then they want to learn how to contribute to open source. So yeah, that's uh, I think for the mentors, that's a, a big pain point. And it makes us very, it, there's not much that I can do about that. With enough cycles, it'll hopefully even out where it'll be more formalized and more formalized and we'll have, you know, the ability to do that, right? Ability to have more stable system of, of how we do it. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's also about creating a, a more a clear picture of what the mentorship is. Like I said, there's a six of eight weeks, and you you meet one hour and you get some homework, and um, maybe people just don't understand when they sign up that that is how it's going to be like, and they just don't have the time to do that. Sure. So maybe it's a communication issue. Hmm. Exactly. It's partly why I agreed to the podcast, hoping that. You know, <laughs> People get a clear, clearer picture of, of right. what will be expected. So, yeah, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to seeing how the mentorship program uh, continues on. Are there any you know, last words you want to give about the mentorship program or the foundation or anything like that? You know, um, you know, of course, where can you check this out? I guess my first question there. 
Yeah. So um, underneath the learn menu uh, uh-huh. on the website, fsharp.org, there's an F-Sharp mentorship link with a few pages of what we expect and how it works and when you can start, when the next round starts. And then there's the blogs of the mentors and the mentees as well. Mm-hmm. I'll link so, a lot of those in the show notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to gather them systematically uh, and put them somewhere on the website as well underneath that uh, F-Sharp mentorship uh, menu item so that pe- people can read a bit up about it. Some things we're thinking about. So the future, if I get uh, elected again, of course, what I have in mind for the mentorship program is uh, some people already asked about certification, not in the sense that, uh, you know, hello, you know, we offer certification that formally, but more like, you know, they finished uh, the round successfully and they can sort of have um, uh, something that states from the foundation like, hey, we did this. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. Especially yeah. for the people that are just getting introduced to F-Sharp, to have something that, you know, it's not formal, it's not official or anything, but something that says, you know, I, I understand the, the basics of F-Sharp can probably help a lot of people get into their first, you know, functional programming job. That could be pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, like I, something that says like, hey, this person really dedicated his, his free time to learning a new language or whatever, or learn open open source or whatever. So right. uh, that idea got pitched and I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, seeing Digesting how we could it. do that. <laughs> yeah. Second uh, idea that was pitched recently actually was uh, to take language, speaking language into account, like pair people who speak Pani- Sp- Spanish with people that speak Spanish, mm. stuff like okay. that. Um, so I'm going to do some research on how how that would affect the entire selection process and if it's feasible to do. Sure. But I do yeah, think especially it's a great you, idea. You might not speak those languages. That might be more difficult to organize. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> one of the points that yeah. I was like, like, how do I communicate? Like, do we oh, get more yeah, Google Translate. Yeah, Google Translate. They get very <laughs> weird instructions. <laughs> we'll get the point across. But that'd be cool. Yeah. I know there's especially a lot of Russian-speaking F-sharp members, right? Yeah, so it is. That's, that's a good opportunity to get a few more dozen pairings in place that might be more local to each other. Yeah, because that could hold people down. Like, my English is bad. I don't want to be a mentor <laughs> and I, or a mentee. I know, but it is. Uh, people are very conscious about uh, speaking a foreign language, uh, which is not always obvious to other people. If you speak mm-hmm. with an a- accent, people, people can be really conscious about that. So I sort of right. like want to try to take that uh, away, I thought it was a great idea. And the third I'm thinking is about uh, subtracting the open source projects contributions into a separate one, uh, perhaps a bit shorter than eight weeks. Sort of like together we do a pull request. Sort okay. of, uh, yeah, just your first pull request. That'd be cool. Yeah, sort of like a mentorship specifically designed for that. But it's just an idea that I had. And that um, some people from who contribute to open source also already brought up a couple of times. And I'll try to look into that one as well. So that's the future of the program. That's nice. Yeah, I, I can imagine long term, the, uh, there's a lot of open source con- contributors and projects that are out there that have up for grabs issues, very low hanging fruit that people can go to. I know I just did a pull request yesterday for changing the footer of the website from 2017 to 2018. Very simple thing oh. that can get someone in there, right? Um, yeah. If you get if you get one person per repository there, and you kind of set up pairings that I, as a repository owner, can delegate a few small tasks, and I'm willing to mentor 
for those few small tasks, that could really ease the burden for them long term. So those projects are more sustainable. So I, I think that's definitely an interesting place to explore. You know, how do you pair these open source projects with these mentees and maybe, you know, kind of better the whole ecosystem that way? I think your first pull request is a scary one. Mine was super scary. I, I remember that. I was like, oh my God, what if I did something wrong? Or what, what if was this it? or that? It was very simple. I added some tests to Forge. Sort of like something small to see how everything worked. To have that knowledge, like how do you do it? I didn't know. It was very small. Uh, but you're really scared. Like, I hope I didn't do anything wrong here. Right. I hope my code doesn't look bad or it doesn't fail on xyz system or the you know the formatting's okay yeah exactly yeah. a so, lot of emotions uh, involved in coding <laughs> so it would be nice to have someone there to actually guide you through that very cool well, i'm very excited to see how the f-sharp mentorship program proceeds Is there any last things you want to mention don't be afraid to sign up as a mentor because mm. uh, the more people we have as a mentor the more mentees uh, i don't have to disappoint yeah that's and, a good um, point and it's, a, it's probably a fun learning experience for the mentor, right? It is. It's um, uh, People are afraid, like, I'm not an expert on F-sharp. I won't be able to do this. But the thing is that by actually being a mentor and thinking about, like, how can I explain this to somebody else? You gain a, a much deeper understanding yep. of F-sharp itself. And if you're, like, really good at uh, open source projects, uh, but you're not that good yet at F-sharp, I mean... You can pick contributes to OSS and you battle through the language together, but you're there to guide them with the open source stuff. That's very true. Um, yeah, I love the whole sign yourself up for something you're uncomfortable with. I know when, whenever I give a talk, the first time I give it, I pretty much submit the abstract without knowing anything about it. And then and then I have to learn it, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how I learned. That's actually how I learned F-sharp. I think I signed myself up for a talk. And then two months later, I gave the talk. <laughs> well, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it's um, you do. Yeah, I understand because, <clears throat> well, in all fairness, I haven't done a mentorship as a mentor myself yet. Mm -hmm. I just dedicate a large amount of time. Yeah, if you're organizing uh, it, then <laughs> yeah, um, I like to organize. But the thing that would hold me back is that, like, thinking I don't have enough knowledge to do it, and I always say to other people, like, no, nah, that's not true. So um. Don't be afraid of it. Like either way, you will learn something yourself, and the other person will learn, and uh, you can learn together. Yep, I'm excited to see how it evolves and get more and more mentors and mentees involved. All right, well, well thank you for joining me today, and I hope you continue to find lots of mentors in the future. <laughs> thank and, you. And uh, until next time, oh, are you going to be at the uh, F Sharp Exchange in a few weeks? I will be giving a talk at uh, F Sharp Exchange. Oh, ah, yes. good. I'll see you there. Oh, that's, you're coming? Yeah, my, uh, my oh, girlfriend great. and I are coming over, assuming her visa actually comes in. Uh, I'm really excited. It's my first like F-sharp conference, and uh, I'm going to see if I can maybe get a few recordings in while I'm there. But yeah, I'm very excited to, to be there. Yeah, it will be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see you in uh, real life, yeah, as yeah. they call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very excited. As I said, F-sharp's you know, basically my hobby at this point, so I'm, I'm very excited to actually meet all these faces I've, I've seen on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. It's anyway, really nice. anyway, I'll see you in a few weeks. Look forward to it. Do 
you like nerdy stickers in your laptop? I know I do. I just got a batch of WTF Sharp stickers. And if you want to figure out how you can get some on your laptop, check out WTFSharp.net on the homepage for some details.